Alright, I'm back. And welcome to episode 21. I think that's what we're at right now, John. Kathy's 21. It's Kathy's being a little bit too serious on our podcast. This is a serious <laughs> and professional podcast. We don't act crazy on this one. Never. Never, ever, ever, ever. ever. Guys, welcome to episode 21. We're going to talk about the Legion CID and the 5x5x5x5 uh, event that uh, came up at our store. Um, and try to have a good time. And before we get started, let's do our tradition. Kathy, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking, uh, Roman Diet, and I'm drinking coffee. John, what are you drinking? Uh, well, I, uh, got a screwdriver, but unfortunately I ran out of orange juice, so it's going to be a little heavy on the, uh, <laughs> vodka, so it's going to be a pile driver. <laughs> Yeah, my hand slipped, and there was a little more rum than I was planning on in my glass. Uh, mine today is water. If you were listening <laughs> to us on the pre-ramble, you'll understand why I'm drinking water. Uh, if you are not, um, didn't listen to the pre-ramble, you can actually go join our patron, uh, subscribe to the $1 level, and get it for free for later on. Um, with that said, um, we have a big announcement to make, guys. Um, I know John kind of hates what I'm doing and he doesn't want to do it, but John has graciously decided that if we get one person and I said one person to subscribe at the $20 level or more or more, we're, we're not limiting it. Nope. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, we're not limited. I did not limit it to one person, but all we need is one person and you can set how many times you want to donate on there. We just need one person to donate. And our probably our first episode in February, uh, John will sing "You Got the Touch" uh, from the Transformers soundtrack. More so. specifically, it's one person donating at the twenty dollar level. Yes. And then John will be happy to make a fool of himself, as I did last week. So. Well, I figured you didn't you didn't lower the bar for musical performances enough. <laughs> I need to set that shit even lower, so Gonzo feels <laughs> amazed balls when he has to do it. Yeah, next after after John does his, uh, my month will come up and I will do something stupid, fun, whatever it so is. So John, you and I need to come up with a song that Gonzo has to do. Wait a minute, I I can't come up with a song. I can't come up with a rap. I know there's a rap you, I'd love to you do. Can't choose, you can't choose your own song. Oh. No, I know how it's done. I didn't choose my own. You just were like, you should totally do Wild Wild West. And I was no. Like, Wait a minute. You, okay. chose, you chose yours because you said it on some podcast. No. I never heard of it before that, before <laughs> you mentioned it. Wow. I had to then go YouTube it so that I could see what I was in for. <laughs> no, sir. Okay, so guys, if you're if you're watching, make sure you do a like and a share and subscribe to our channel. Um, subscribe to also Facebook. Look it on Facebook. Uh, go to our oh Facebook page. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, Maximum DT goes. Gans will sing the song from Fifth Element that the Blue Woman sings. Um, there's actually someone has actually <laughs> sang that before. So yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! I'll break oh. things. 
Come on, Congo. Oh, All funny. Star by Smash Mouth? I could do that right now. I know what the lyrics Wait, yeah. yeah, right? That's like on Rock Band. So, um, guys, uh, we could use the help. Make sure you do that. Like I said, we'll get back to it. Likes. Uh, go to our Patreon page. If you see something on there that sounds something really good uh, that you'd like to be a part of, I know the $15 level uh, where you get a random chance to get a miniature painted by Kathy is really hot right now because Kathy is an amazing painter. Um, also, we are going to kind of do some more painting videos. Uh, mostly Kathy yelling at me to paint better. Uh, because that's one of my things to do is to paint better this year. It's kind of improve. And so I'm enlisting the help. And so we're going to be streaming those on Twitch. We're not sure if we're going to do it on a certain day or a certain time. I've got to get with her and get with her schedule and see where it goes. Yeah, it, it may be a random thing because I don't have like every Saturday free. Yeah, and neither do I. I'm going to be going to conventions <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. But, but that I means that's something we want to do and people have asked for it. So we can, we'll see what we can do there. Uh, we're also kind of thinking about adding a $10 level to our patron. Um, but, uh, area, but we're not sure what we're going to do or what, what it is yet. Follow our Facebook page. I mean, like us on Facebook, uh, More Than Dice uh, podcast, and you'll get notified when we tell you, when we warn you that we are going to do those uh, live streaming things. Um, also, we do have some stuff coming in. My graphic guy is almost done with our stuff. And we'll be having some stuff that we can sell and put together for people. Also, if you won something, if you won a prize um, from us, excuse me, last week, you should have got an email from our sponsor, Broken Egg Games, right over there. Let's see. Yep, there it is. Uh, yeah. And you can get that from them. There's like something you have to fill out and email and stuff. Uh, check your emails. Um, Enter Sandman. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that was uh, Kirk Beck on Facebook thought that. That's not a bad idea, Kirk. That's oh, a good one. Yeah. yeah. I need to go and <sighs> I need to get the Facebook comments on here because they're not showing up. So I, I uh, feel like I'd like to hear guns are do down with the sickness. I, I know that one too. I don't know. Richard Cheese already did the perfect version of that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if he did it like that, <laughs> I, I'd love that. <laughs> I don't think you can handle that one. I'd probably die. Uh, I'm sure I could do a bunch <laughs> of stuff just kind of silly, stupid. Um, other than that, just kind of kind of look at stuff, try to get things going. Um, with that said, let's go with the five by five by five thing. Um. There is, I didn't even know there was a thing, but I guess there's a board game challenge that goes out to people called the 10x10. 10 10. Never even heard of it. And it's to play one board game 10 times, to play 10, 10 board games 10 times within a year. Um, and I thought that was interesting. And so my buddy uh, Carl Morgan, which runs Metagames and also does War Machine Weekend, um, came up with the 5x5x5x5 challenge. And what it is, is you pick a faction. It's for War Machine Hordes, but I'm sure you could play it with anything. Um, you pick a faction, uh, and you keep that one faction over the entire gameplay. You pick a caster, play that caster five different times against five different factions. You then do number... You, you do that again with another five... You do it five times. So you're playing the caster five times against five different factions in five different scenarios. Uh, everything has to be played at your local store. 
Um, have you played? We're we're doing it at a seventy-five point level and a steamroller level and steamroller packet. Uh, but he added something else. If you paint five casters, five jacks or beast, five solos, uh, five units, uh, that's another part. It's a bonus. Um, and what our store did, what I thought was really good, is if you complete it, you get a special War Machine themed t-shirt. Um, if you participate in it, you get 10% off the faction that you're playing, which is great. And he's going to have random prizes and stuff done. So, I mean, this is really up to your store to do it, but I don't see why you couldn't do it as a gaming group. You could do it with, um, you could do it probably, you could probably do it with board games. I mean, like the, like they do it. You could do it with video games. Um, so, I mean, it's up to you. I thought it was a really cool concept. I don't know. John, do you think you might be able to do something like that with your, with the store you go to? God, no. Why not? We don't have enough players. Uh, the, the first thing I thought of when I looked at your list, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then my second thought was, there is no way on God's green earth we could do this because it requires too many games being played. Okay. So it doesn't sound like much. It's 25 games, but you're also 25 games against 25 different against different factions and different scenarios. You're just It's a lot of restrictions. It makes it hard for a small community to do. So if you're a smaller community, you'd probably want to make it the three by three by three challenge or something. Okay. So you want to scale it back for for whatever you whatever your local group can do. Gotcha. So it's not it's not that you couldn't do the challenge. It's you need to tweak it a bit. Yeah, because honestly, I we if I tried to, I thought about it. If I tried the challenge, it would take. I wouldn't be able to get it done in a year. Gotcha. I mean, I literally, if I were to play on a weekly basis, I'd play against the same two or three peoples, and it, while we'd get the five scenarios, it wouldn't be five different factions crap on a bad on a if it, if it all turns out poorly i could play against just the same faction and both of those guys <laughs> so, so you yeah. can probably do maybe like a three by three by three i try i could try that I don't, I don't know i mean it could be difficult like i said it's we, we have a very i mean i don't want to say it's non-existent because our, our meta is all tournaments all the time right now we had a discussion during the pre-ramble, which you guys missed. It was really good. It was, uh, e there's no casual play at my, there's, there's just not a lot of people playing War Machine Hordes right now. Which, I mean, that's something, you know, that we, we were talking about in the, a little bit in the pre-ramble. We got, we kind of got sidetracked, but that's something that's cause it's, um, and, and we, my store is not, I don't want to say they're not casual, but we're heavy in the tournament scene. Mm -hmm. So we go to a lot of tournaments. We do a lot of tournament things. We got a lot of tournament players. And so we do a lot of stuff like that. Um, and so we can, I could be playing a game and there's probably four to seven of us on, on our Monday and Thursday game nights. And as soon as I'm done with one game, I'm getting another one right in after that. Or I'm playing that guy and we're switching up lists or factions and we're just doing stuff nonstop. Yeah. On, on a weeknight, we can't get two games into the store. Like, literally, no one's going to be able to make it exactly at 5. We all got off work at 5 or later. So we get in at 6. The store closes at 9. There's no way we're getting two games. Oh. See, yeah. our, our store guy, he, um, he he will stay open late if we're playing. They, they might fun. stay open late, but we're basically uh, rolling the dice on whether or not the uh, magic booster draft takes a long time or not. Uh. Oh, it's contingent on that? Yeah, being able to stay open later than 9, yes. All right. 
So, I mean, I, I think it's definitely got some good, uh, uh, good ideas, a good concept behind it that you could make work on a on a smaller scale. But you'd have to give it some thought on what your uh, what your local group could do. Yeah, I mean, you could tweak it definitely to do like a three by three by three or something like that. Mm-hmm. That way, it makes it a little bit easier for smaller meadows and smaller groups and smaller games too. Because uh, I know that what was it? Some, who said something about like you couldn't do that uh, on uh, like Twilight Imperium or Axis and Allies? And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I got that. I could see that going on. That's that could be a, an issue because um, you'd be lucky to get any information on that. Um, if you're on Facebook, guys, um, John's monitoring that right now because it seems for some reason it seems to not be coming up on our twitch feed so uh john can you monitor that for a bit yeah Yeah, anybody has any questions thanks um it also depends on your local store uh luckily our store owner is a super awesome guy he has a ton of stuff and he's a big player and he does all this stuff so he, he sometimes he'll stay quite a bit later than normal but then there's days he's like get the hell out so we just have to get all that fun things going. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathy, what do you think about you? What do I think about what? What do you think about that from you? <laughs> do you not play enough? I don't play enough. Um, <laughs> I So I'll... It's the same old story I've been telling. Uh, we don't have a local game store, really. Mm-hmm. All the game stores are at least 45 minutes away, so it's not terribly convenient. Uh, if we're going there on a weeknight, we're battling through Chicago rush hour traffic to get there. Uh, so we're not going to get there uh, very early. There's not going to be a lot of time to play. Uh, so that's why I find myself not playing the games as much as I would like to. Uh, I get together with friends once or twice a month to do board games. And uh, and then my Monday night D and D game, and that's that's kind of all the gaming I do. I was supposed to play some uh, Necromunda with my friend Dave at the Adepticon meeting today, but he and I both had to cancel, so that didn't happen. Uh, so did you cancel the Adepticon meeting, or you had to cancel the game meeting? Oh, the meeting the meeting went forward, but Dave and I both couldn't make it. Gotcha. I was all like. I didn't get to sleep until 4 a.m. and I was I was in a cocoon of blankets for <laughs> for quite some time this morning. <laughs> um, how did the Defcon go? Because that's my first big big con coming up. How are y'all doing on that? Y'all almost ready? Well, I mean, we're doing Fort Wapple. We're doing the Hobby Hangout, mm-hmm. the Hobby Lounge, not the Hobby Hangout. Uh it's just a bunch of people getting together, sitting at tables, painting models. It's a, it's a fun uh, social thing. You know, the, the painters aren't there to play games. It's predominantly a gaming convention, so it gives the painters something to do when they're not uh, teaching seminars or when they're not taking seminars or when they're done entering their their miniatures in the painting competition, the crystal brush painting competition. They can come at the 
and sit down at the table and hang out with other painters and just sit and work on their projects. And, you know, we get people who are coming in, sitting down and putting the last touches on their, <clears throat> you know, on their uh, war machine stuff for the tournament or they're putting their finishing touches on their 40K stuff for the 40K tournament. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not just, you know, the, the competition painters that are coming over to the hobby lounge to paint. It's, it's anybody. I have a friend who's bringing his daughter out to paint on a Saturday morning. So it's, it's fun atmosphere. It's social. So and what, that's, I, I have a question for you now. L last year was my first year to go to Depticon and Y'all have the rule that says everything has to be painted um, for whatever game you're playing. It can't be anything but painted miniatures. How does that come about? I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of breaking away, but I've just kind of been kind of curious. I always figured that was, uh, you know, up to whoever's running that particular tournament. Because it's not, the tournaments aren't, you know, Adepticon coming up with all the rules. It's, uh... It's, uh, you know, the person running the tournament, it, you know. So the guy running the War Machine tournament makes up his, his rules. The guy running the 40K tournament is making up his rules. But they do have certain requirements. And if you're, you know, if you're looking for soft scores, uh, best painted is one of the things a lot of people like to work towards. Mm-hmm. And they do require the three-color minimum. Yep. And, you know, there are those people who think that primer counts as one of their three <laughs> colors. Well, if it's black and I'm dry brushing, doesn't that count? I don't even know what you mean. If it's black primer and I'm dry brushing <laughs> it um, metal, does that count as two? No. Okay, dang it. No, that counts as shaded metal. Shaded metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have a problem with someone that asked me that, and I was like, I'm sure it's just because that's just the way that they have it. And I didn't know if it's like something came up or whatever. Um, it's, it's often just for soft scores. I mean, people it's, it's who... actually a rule. It is actually a rule. Yes. At them. Anyone who's run a tournament, the, all the models have got to be painted. That's, that's an Adepticon rule since day one. I don't know where it came from myself, even though I was, you know, around when Depticon came out. Uh, it was just one of those things they decided. I think they just wanted to be good ambassadors of the hobby. You know, having this con, everyone's coming out. Well, yeah, I mean, things have... do look cooler when they're all painted. That's no doubt. Absolutely. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to spend all your time working on your army and then go up against a guy who's just got some, you know gray plastic on some cork bases. <laughs> I mean that you know that's My fine. Guys run on cork know, bases. Cork that's bases. fine at crazy? the game store. You know, when you're just doing a casual game, I have no problem playing against somebody whose stuff isn't painted because my stuff is often in various stages of being painted. You know, because yeah. if I'm if I'm excited to play a game and I get all the models, I want to spend time painting them. I don't want to just whip three colors onto it and call it done and do a dip. 
-hmm. That's not how I paint. Uh, so if I spend all my time painting, then I lose the enthusiasm for actually playing. So I need to, what I do is I pin my models to the bases. I don't glue them. So I can take them off and paint them. And then I can put them back on the base and play with them. So I can play while they're not painted yet and then still be working on it. And it's kind of a, a circular process. My enthusiasm for playing the game feeds my desire to paint the models and vice versa. Yeah, I have no problem with a convention requiring all painted models. That's cool. Uh, if, a, if a local store required it, I would tell those guys to go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Didn't they used to require that at uh, Games Workshop stores where you a long time ago on their uh, tables, your stuff yep. had to all be painted. And then they realized people weren't coming out and buying anything because they didn't have all painted armies, so they just wouldn't show up. Yeah. So their sales were were going down, so they changed yeah. it. Every all the sales, even even paint sales went up because guys came and they still wanted to paint their stuff, but they didn't get that chance to use it in process. So. Exactly. <clears throat> and really, it was also a, it's a it's a culture idea, and I know everyone loves painted models. Everyone loves to rag on people on painted models, but please, please remember that is your hobby. Do not force your hobby upon someone else. If someone yeah, else wants I, to just have all unpainted models, hey, more power to them. As long as you're I, getting enjoyment, I'm all good. I have played some of the most fun games against people who had their plastic models on cork bases, you know, and I'm fine with that, you know, right. it's just not going to happen at uh, a no, tournament. At, at a con, I have no problem <laughs> at a tournament, I have no problem that being, being a requirement, that's that's the next level of play. Yeah. Is not but I would never rag on somebody, except for you, about not painting their, uh, their models, because I realize that some people, it's a passion of playing the game, it's the strategy, it's the mechanics, that's, you know, that's where their passion lies in other people. <laughs> they just want uh, an army that looks pretty. I've painted more than my share of an army in my day. It does Ooh. not bother me at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've painted three or four metric fucktons of models. And honestly, <laughs> working at Games Workshop broke me of wanting to paint a lot because some of the deadlines for White Dwarves were fucking silly. <laughs> I think it was the one I had to do an entire Gondor army in less than a month. It's not like they planned it two months ahead of time. Uh -huh. They're like, oh, this is going to be in the next issue that we're going out there. You need to have, or the issue after, you need to have this done in like 20 days. And I'm like, Ugh. well, I guess I don't have free time anymore. <laughs> yeah, I remember the guys at the bunker having to speed paint that stuff. And you know what they would do is enlist the aid of some of the uh, the people who hung out at the hobby bar. Mm -hmm. Just the, the customers and just like give them some, uh, you know, free stuff to... To uh, help them get this stuff painted. I don't know if that was supposed to happen, but it did. You know, well, know that, um, and that's what happens when you have those crazy, insane deadlines. Yep. Yeah, because I know uh, when I went to Depticon to the, my first one, I was painting my Kador, and I was like, I enlisted my local guy. I'm like, dude, I need these things done now before Depticon, because I'm not going to have enough time to do them. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I go. I'll trade you a. Uh, I'll trade you. A, you know a, Cephalex army for everything. He's like deal. I'm like okay, good. Um, we did get a question. I know in the chat that I saw that someone asked if we're going to do a podcast at Adepticon. Yeah, that was in Facebook. Well, yeah. we'll probably uh, live streams and stuff from Adepticon. Yes, we are not going to have an official, you know, 
podcast. But I know that Kathy and I will be doing some Facebook Live stuff if we can get some things going. We may get together and chat up about things. And right. I've never been to Fort Wapple, so I will definitely try to get some stuff at Fort Wapple. Um, so we will be doing some stuff, but it won't be an official podcast. Yeah, I I would like to uh, do some demos. I know there's uh, companies that are releasing new games there. Mm-hmm. That that seems to be a thing over the last few years. That it's kind of a destination for companies to uh, to release new stuff, and for new companies to like. Uh, I remember the year Arena Rex was there, and that was their debut. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so this year, what I'd like to do is go around and do demos and live stream some of these demos, or at least record some of these demos to uh, you know to put up on the Facebook page later. Oh yeah. All right, um, let's go ahead and go with uh, Adepticon is what, March 23rd? It's that weekend, yeah. yeah. It's spring break for me, so I don't have to do anything. Um. <laughs> I, I think I'm in the wrong field. <laughs> I get that all the time. Uh, so let's go ahead and let's start with the Legion CID. Uh, this came out this week. Um and, of course, this is all stuff that we're just going to have to kind of look at and kind of just toss out the window later because we know everything's going to change. But oh, yeah. um, there's definitely some stuff that's going to change from what's here. Um, we're only going to hit the models that had major changes. Uh, so if you've got the uh, PDF pulled up um, so you can see the changes, just follow along with us. We'll start at the very beginning. And, John, I'll let you be in charge of that and I'll just add commentary. You got it pulled up? You didn't even send it to me. What makes you think I have it on hand? What? You're not part of the CID? Uh, I am. I just don't... I don't uh, even know what the CID ha, ha, is. How to be blunt about it, I don't fucking care about Legion. <laughs> but no, I have it up right now. Okay. Um, CID, Kathy, and, and, and you're... Like I said, you're not part of the rules part of everything. Like, you you know, we weren't expecting that. That's not what we expect from y'all. Or you, I should say. Um, CID is community Community Integrated Development. What Privateer Press does is they bring out a section of models from a faction and said, here, guys, this is what we're thinking about changing this model to. Test it out. Let us know what you think. Uh, sort of like beta testing for their game, um, which is cool. I don't mind that. Some people say it's kind of lazy of them, but, well, I would rather see that than just to go, here, guys, you got it. <laughs> is it lazy or is it a way to get models to come out in a reasonable amount of time? Could be either way. Yeah. Could be anything. Um, Erica has asked for some tips on painting, I guess, people like flesh tones. So, Kathy, maybe later on before we get done, maybe you can give her some hints on that. You know, we could do uh, that could be one of our uh, live stream sessions. Could be. Doing some flesh tones. All right. Well, let's look that up. It'll be another one. Put that on the docket. Write it down. Gonzo, Kathy, paint flesh. <laughs> Uh, John, go ahead. What's our first model we're talking about? Uh, it would be absolutely a terror of Everblight. Okay. And it looks like she they just changed a couple things. They, they changed her feet. Um, da, 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 which uh, basically heals all her, her all her battle group in her control area. And also gives her models rapid healing. And rapid healing is when they, when they get damaged by an enemy attack. After the attack is resolved, remove D3 damage points. So it doesn't help if you're dead, but if you live through it, it's not bad. So pretty much it's almost like, what, Doomy 3s? Uh, similar. Yeah. Similar, yeah. It's, it's not as 
it just heals them all back up. It's not as it's not basically giving you a time walk sort of turn because Doomies tends to give you a time walk worth his beasts. It's not worth even messing with them on that turn. But yeah. uh, they also gave uh, replaced two of her spells. They got rid of Aggravator and Forced Evolution. Uh, or Forced Evolution was pretty horrific on a couple of their models, so I'm not mm-hmm. surprised. Uh, for Playing God, which uh, my local Legion player says is probably going to get ratted because it seems a little much. Yeah. Um, and that basically, you put on a model on a War Beast, and they get to use her spontaneous mutations, um, which requires you to spend Fury, so I'm sure it's going to have to be errated, so I think they have to force to get them, which is fine there. Yeah. But it also lets her transfer to that War Beast without spending Fury. He thinks that part's going to get errated. I don't actually think it's broken, but... Because they are still taking damage. I don't really care if you can f- send it to them as much as you want. They're eventually going to die. Eventually. Yeah. Or and the then, beast is. Yeah. And then uh, they also gave her Refuge, which is a spell that's all over the place. Uh, and pretty solid in a, in a faction with a bunch of guys with uh, range attacks. And she's pretty War Beast heavy point-wise, too. I mean, 31 is pretty big for yeah. War Beast. So you can definitely see her playing complete War Beast faction. Yeah, mostly War, War Beast, Beast, absolutely. Uh, Resourceful is good. It gives, lets her use those couple of upkeeps uh, well without really hurting her uh, her stack. So that's it's pretty solid. I mean, it's yep. good changes. Um, the next one is actually a brand new model, which is Amok the Truthbringer, and he's just a Legion Blighted Ogre and Solo. Um, highlights of him are pretty much that he is an attachment to the Warcaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an eight-box attachment, which is pretty cool. Uh, he's tough, like Ogren do. Is Arcane Void with when a modelist control models command ranges target enemy spell. Spellcaster immediately suffers D three damage points, sort of like the uh, the the Void Tracers for Ret. Um, he also has Exorcist, uh, like that one uh, Manoth Jack, all within ten inches. Enemy model salute incorporeal. He's got uh, he gives rise to all the Ogren within his command range of nine, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He also has rise, and he's got. Uh, Spiritual Conduit, uh, while his Warlock is in his command range, uh, they get plus two range on spells that they cast themselves. So, he's pretty solid. I mean, pretty cool. He's a five-point attachment, but, uh, no, I mean, it's good to have options. It's Some casters don't want the Succubus, and he'll be a good option for them. Um, we're going to go back to what Xander, Xander just brought up, because I was reading it, too, that uh, playing God, he, they only get the spontaneous mutation that Epsilonia uses. They don't get to choose whichever one they want. Oh, okay. That's that's so that, fair. That, that makes it a whole that's, lot easier. Yeah, absolutely it does. Um, I, I think the transferring damage to the effect of Warbies without spending Fury, I think that's going to be something. Um, yeah, that, I don't know. I think, I think it could go as it is. I mean, it's, it doesn't really, it's not that big of a deal. You know? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't look at that big of a deal. You just, you're still hitting her less armor probably for more damage so yeah you'll be you'll be spiking that war beast pretty heavily yeah so we'll see uh let's keep going animag the doom feaster is a new warlock uh he has fury seven which is cool he's another medium base uh ogren warlock um his feet uh while in his control range trinity faction warrior models game dark shroud and the middle weapons gain grievous wounds that's not a very good feat but, I mean, it's not bad, but it's not great. Um, it, I can see that being oh, pretty it, decent for the simple fact that the Grievous Wounds, that's more against, of course, War Beasts, but definitely um, oh, yeah. the uh, Dark Shroud, your armor is yeah. all dropped down. Your entire army is just now a whole lot easier to kill. 
Yeah, but if I told you you gave plus two strength and models in your control area lose tough and couldn't heal, you'd be like, that's a fair feat. This is not as good as that. Gotcha. But, I mean, it's not bad, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it is unlikely to get nerfed down. It's more likely to get better. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. He has tough snacking. Funny. <laughs> uh, ritual slaughter. Uh, when another friendly, brighted ogre model destroys any model with an attack in this model's control range, immediately after the attack, model can cast a spell with, without spending fury, but he can boost the damage rolls even though it's out of activation. Uh, uh, that's pretty cool. That's, that's really that makes up for his feet being kind of lackluster because that's pretty legit. Well, and, and the thing is, is you're going to have to be up there with that caster to do that. You're going well, to control attempt. area. Yep. So that's uh, <laughs> that's it's it's in his control area. Fourteen inches, yeah. That's you could be pretty close. And honestly, the first you can send your high high mat model in first. He'll kill somebody. Then you pop carnage for free, so that now everyone else gets a bonus. Uh, and then you, uh, you maybe follow up with uh, Gallows if you want to get something closer so they can attack it again. He's got Hex Blast as a good spell. Um, a new spell called Fury Strength, which is basically a plus two strength to a warrior model unit upkeep, which is pretty cool. And then, and then Bond of Gristle and Bone, which is basically it's plus two armor and feign death. Uh, on an upkeep spell, warrior model again. He, so he's all about warrior models. He's going to be interesting to see if he shows up in Legion because they're not very warrior model-y. Well, I think that's the reason also why this is all the Blighted Ogre and stuff because all of their stuff is getting changed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, it's a little interesting to see that it's, it's you know, very warrior, like almost entirely warrior model-oriented in a faction that doesn't isn't known for using them. Correct. They're typically a war beast faction. Let's go to Archangel. Uh, Archangel, uh, the Draconic Aura changed, uh, so now basically it, he casts it for one, and within 10 inches of his model, you get plus two damage to fire damage rolls. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, that's perfect. I mean, that's a, it's a model that can, can take some damage in there. It went up to armor 19, mm-hmm. which uh, helps. And then his Dragon Breath has continuous fire. Uh, also, I want to say that also the... Um if you're within 10 inches, continuous effects don't go out. They don't expire. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fairly important because you're like, oh, I'm just going to flame everything and everything's going to die next turn, most likely if it didn't do this turn. Yeah, it works a lot better than his old one. It, it does Correct. sort of the same effect as they wanted, just a uh, little combo. Um, the Blightbringer is the one I had the problem with for the Animus. Um, okay. uh, his Blighted Breath change will start with that. Um, da 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 it, it, I don't know how it changed, but yeah, it, it looks pretty much the same to me. So they yeah. say it changed, but uh, Withering Ash doesn't affect models with immunity fire. That's what it is. The Withering Ash part of it. Okay. But his so, feet middle. boiling blood. Oh, yeah, mouth guys, yeah. Um, he went to 35 points in Mat 6, both of which are good changes. Yep. And then um, boiling blood no longer rolls to hit. It automatically hits, which I think is bullshit for a one-cost animus. It's uh, it's really going to make warrior models unable to kill him, which is already a fucking problem in the game, and why exasperate it? <laughs> and its fire continues to affect automatically. It's, it's. I mean, I guess it is actually only once, but still, it's pretty, pretty silly, and it'll be even sillier on a caster. Yes, I mean, it, I, uh, I, th- I think that might give you some tweaking. 
it, it probably should be. I mean, I know they don't like to make self cost animuses cost two, but they either make it roll to hit or they're going to have to do something. And, and the reason why, because you can do it while you're mailing and to spray it POW 10. Um, also, auto fire, which yeah. is important. So, yeah, you might take the damage, but then they're going to die next turn, probably. Yeah. So, interesting to see. Um, Blighted Oak and Warmongers just changed points. Unyielding is in green because unyielding is changing for everyone. That just gives you plus two armor versus melee damage. They're testing that out, as they mentioned before Christmas, I think. I mean, that's actually a really, really important change. Because I know it so is, many times yeah. that unyielding, because of course I play Kador and I, I play Karchev, and Karchev has unyielding, but you have to be engaged with him and all that blah, blah, blah crap. And it never really worked or did anything. People knew how to get around it. So it was like, it was almost not there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like Magnus. I've had a lot of times where Magnus, too, he gives his jacks uh, unyielding, and it didn't matter because they were getting crit knocked down or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but I like making it easier. I'm all about making it easier and uh, making blighted warmongers cheaper so they actually match up versus war spears, who mm -hmm. were the go to, is a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I think the unyielding change is great for the entire game because it simplifies the rule. Mm -hmm. And it's just, all right, any melee damage, I get plus two armor. Yeah. No, no question about it. Oh, I'm engaged and I take damage from another source. Do you get the bonus? That was an off. That was a question we got all the time. Yep. So um, next is Blighted Rotwings. These were interesting. Yeah, they're uh, speed seven, mat five, def 13, armor 11. Uh, seven for, five, for six models and 12 for 10. Uh, they have flight as... You'd guess from something called a rot wing. Mm -hmm. uh, they have finisher, so they get initial die and damage against damage models. And while I'm base to base this model, any model suffers minus one defense. So that map five is kind of deceptive. You can get base to base, they're actually map six, which is solid. And which you uh, could easily get a model in base to base, no problem. I mean, yeah. 14 inch run, you do the, um, do the oh, order yeah. run charge, and you're like, all right, well, this guy's just going to run up. And yeah, this guy can't charge. make it to melee. He'll just get in base with somebody instead. It gives you a reason to get in base. Correct. Uh, uh, they're only pound strength nine, though. So you're, I mean, they're cheap. Uh, and I guess Legion likes uh, cheap infantry. I mean, mm -hmm. if they want infantry, they're going to want some cheap ones. And the new Ogren guy could do some good stuff with them. Yep. Plus two strength makes some strength 11 with finisher. Uh, you can do some damage with Jack then. Power 11 webmasters do a good job. So I think I got some potential. Yep. Uh, the Carnavian went to 18 points. I think it was 19 or 20 originally. Yeah. And uh, right. his... Uh, was that? Go ahead. I'm agreeing with you. Oh, yeah. And it was and his uh, spray got continuous attack fire, which is fine because he's still only, you know, rat four. So, he was fine. He was a little overcosted. No one was using him. Uh, this is a good chance to see if it'll get him back in. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people just didn't take him because of his cost. Um, yeah. But so I think uh, well, spiny growth should have changed that already, but I, I don't think they're factoring that in. Yeah, I mean he only at what cost. Yeah, it's I mean okay. he only went down one point, so it's not a huge thing, but it is definitely a good thing. Mm -hmm. Then uh, chosen ever blight, which are those uh, like uh, Ogren centaur dudes. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, speed seven, mat seven, uh, armor seventeen. Uh, they are pretty expensive. Um. They're, they're basically cavalry costs, but they have eight boxes each, so that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, it's 12 for three of them, or 20 for five. Uh, they do have cavalry, they have pathfinder, they have tough, they have rapid healing 
all the time, which is cool. And they reboot season three, so they're basically their version of Heavy Cav. Correct. Um, Brutal charge on makes them really good. Yeah, so it makes them power fifteen charges, which is good, and you know boosted charge because cavalry. So Matt seven boosted is awesome, and the mount attack is power fourteen. So I mean, they're immediately a solid cavalry choice. Oh, and also a crit knockdown on the the mount is actually yes, pretty crit nice. Knockdown. Yep. Good solid. Uh, and then uh, Golab, who is the new uh, the new caster's war beast. Uh, he is speed seven. He's mat seven. Uh, he's uh, thirteen seventeen defenses. Fury four. So pretty solid there. Seventeen points, thirty boxes. Uh, he has sprint as an animus. I know some Legion guys are like, "Is it okay to give anyone sprint in Legion?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yeah, it's fine." His Trust me, as circle as an player, animus. sprint is not an broken. Legion guys stretch. are like, even on big, mean, nasty casters like Bagrosh or something. Um, yeah, he's flight. Um, he, he has finisher. He has veteran leader for blighted vultures, so they get plus one attack rolls. So I mean, technically, up to mat seven there if they get in base. Uh, he has uh, entropic force so within five inches of him. Anyone else who's tough and can have damage removed from them, which. It's probably going to be the biggest problem there because uh, he's a beast that has that inherently, and as we've seen in the past, giving a model that inherently is probably not going to end well. Yeah. Um, his carrying feast for living or undead models is within five inches of him. You can choose that model to be removed from play. If it's removed from play from that, it doesn't generate a corpse, and this model can heal can heal D three damage or remove D three damage points. So that's cool. It's basically. Uh, a, a ranged version of snacking. And then he's got his bond. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, and, and Animag is apparently a her. I did not know that. Yeah. It's a female blighted ogren uh-huh. warlock. So cool. Yeah. Um, uh, he gets uh, both of them. If uh, Animag's in, if uh, Golab's in Animag's battle group, gets swarm, which is basically like getting concealment. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Seems like a solid war beast. Like I said, uh, it's only fourteen and thirteen for its powers, so it's a little on the low end. Thirteen, seventeen. No, it's 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 fourteen and thirteen for its powers. So it's beat oh, got power fourteen. Gotcha. Look at defense arm rifle. I was looking at something else. Uh, but that's really a weapon master because it's got finishers. So as soon as it's hurt, yeah. So th- this is probably the, the one that's most likely going to be hit one way or the other. Uh, then Greg Rotteneye, who is a plighted ogre warmonger command attachment. He's an eight box Matt seven, as you expect from them. Uh, he's got berserk, like they do. He has no quarter, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Quarter is a good solid uh, uh, mini feat for units, doubly so for a unit like the uh, the warmongers. Um, most interesting, I would say, is that he's got a paralyzing gate. While in this model's command range, any models with line of sight, this model suffered minus two defense. I have a feeling this is going to change. Because letting him just have an eight-inch range, minus two defense, everything, it's probably not going to... I mean, you have to take a whole unit to go with him, so it might not change too much. Could be okay. But if I were a betting man, I would bet money on that that changing. Uh, I can see that going down, the range. Yeah, five inches, maybe. Yeah. Um... Uh, he's got a great base, power 14, and plus 2 to charge attack rolls, so mat 9, which is cool. 
And then uh, Horns with Crit Knockdown. So, he's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, the Ravagor just went down to, to 16 points, which seems fine. Uh, I felt like they were a little overcosted once they uh, lost their auto-fire potential on their uh, Blight Blast, so... Seems um, good. And it's actually a pretty a significant price drop, too. <coughs> three points is actually pretty big. The three? I thought it was two. I thought they were 18. No, they're 19. Oh. That might go up, because that's pretty bargain, but... I'm comparing to stuff that hasn't been changed yet, so yeah. don't mind me. Uh, the Scythian also went down to 16. I think we might be seeing a lot of war heavy Warbeasts go down. Um, we'll have to see, wait till the next Horde's one to come out to see if that's a trend or if it's just Legion ones are overpriced. They don't have the best defensive stats, so it might just be a Legion thing. Because uh, Scythian, the Scythian was 18, right? Scythian is 18, yes. Yeah, so a two-point drop, uh, pretty significant. Um, let's see, Thagrosh, his feet, uh, this is Thagrosh 2, his feet, uh, changed from the utter bullshit and no one knows how it really works version <laughs> it used to be, where everyone gets to attack again and it was utterly silly. Uh, instead it becomes, uh, he casts Manifest Destiny without spending fury, and then Warbeast in his battle group beating their activations and his control range can charge or make slam or trample power attacks without being forced. Which, I think Which is, is still more, pretty good. Yeah, I think that's still a pretty good one. Um, uh, he also went up to def 14 and up to speed 6. Um, he got magic on his uh, blight fire uh, spray. Spray, yeah, spray. And then he got uh, the spell aggravator instead of one of his spells. I don't remember what spell he lost, but he got aggravator instead. Which uh, which is uh, gives all of his Warby Sniper aggressive, which is fine. I mean, it's not really a game-breaking spell because it's kind of expensive. Uh, be pretty good on his feet turn because he's getting Manifest Destiny for three, so it's more likely he can cast it. Yeah. Honestly, if it wasn't for that, I would say it's a wasted spell on him because except on the really early turns, you're not going to be able to cast that. He doesn't have that much fury. And then the Warmonger Warchief's on here only because they're changing Unyielding. Correct. Uh, the Warspear Chieftain's only on here because the Warspears are on here. And that's the entire CID for them. Um, overall, I would say it's very positive. Uh, I'm very interested to see what gets finally changed. And, uh, you know, it seems fair. It seems like they've really started to hit their uh, their stride with that and really get some good uh, some good changes on models. I, I agree. Um, I talked to my Legion player, and they were like, he's, he's not really worried about it right now. He's like, um, it's all going to change. I'm not even thinking about it, not even worried about it. It's all changing. So I'm going to wait till it gets closer to the end. Uh, I think the only thing that's concerning is uh, that one animus and point values. But Legion War Beasts are glass cannons. They oh, yeah. hit hard, but they die quickly. So I think it's going to change. You also have to look at the fact that a common horde's uh, gripe has been that compared to heavy warjacks, warbeasts have been really sickly expensive. Yes. So it might be a, a, a down-the-line thing, but like I said, we'll have to wait and see. Definitely have to wait and see. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Um, if you are a Legion player or you got your Legion players, please go and have them go check out the CID. Um, mm -hmm. That's what it's there for, so it can get going. Um, and we can get people to have some decent models. Uh, I think the one of the reasons why Grimkin is so good and so fun is because of the CID. 
Um, and that's what I really, really, really appreciate what they did. Some people kind of go, well, that's just us doing their job. I'm like, well, you know what? They have a limited view on their models. And I don't want to say limited as in they only see it one way. It's like beta testing any game. We see everything multiple different ways. And that's what really needs to be done. Because um, I can look at a game, you know, I'll be playing this game and I'm like, I, I, I looked at it whenever uh, with the press gangers around and they gave us the Iron Kingdom stuff to beta test, uh, the role-playing game. And they said, break it. And I was like, okay, what have, what have y'all seen that really needs to go um, change? And I says, well, we think everything's okay. And so I grabbed my friend and we, we go, let's find a broken character. And he's like, okay, we'll find a broken character. And so that's when we made uh, the, what was it, the Gobber quad tannin, double using, you know, um, gunsmith or gun guy. And I can't remember what the whole package was, but it was like, all right, so this guy can shoot 12 times, reload and shoot 12 more times in the same turn. And I'm like, that's broken <laughs> in a role-playing game. That's something that needs to be changed. And, and, and Legionnaires uh, has a right. Developers have a vision of what they want, and they see it like this. And so we, us going in and doing stuff is, is, is great, in my opinion. Yeah, and if you want to say it in a way that uh, some of the more negative guys will understand, just tell them, remember, the last time we left it to them to do themselves... Car Sloan got nerfed on release weekend because mm -hmm. they just didn't think of someone going absolute batshit crazy in one direction, and you have to think of that. And I mean, this is our way; we can catch things they won't catch. Um, and honestly, you've got a stake in the game now. You know, you, yeah. you can help get stuff working. And and I love that it doesn't appear that any of my real worries about this have happened. I don't actually see people, you know poo-pooing things just because they don't like them, they actually seems like they get a lot of good feedback. So that is awesome. Kathy brings up something. I, that's a, when you, the, talk about your red flag comment, Kathy. Oh, uh, speaking to game developers, you know, I, I've i known a few that are stymied. You know, the ones that are just starting out, they've got an idea for a game. They have, they've, they've had some play testing, but not enough. And... You know, you play the game and you tell them, well, hey, this seems like it's kind of unbalanced right here. And when the guy's response is, well, you're not playing it right. It's not supposed to be played that way. <laughs> and you're like, well, but it's in the rules. You know, if it's in the rules, then people are going to play it this way. They don't know how you intended it to be played. Yeah. Very uh, much so. Yeah, yeah. Rules as intended is a wonderful, wonderful catchphrase that you don't fucking know, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You don't know. I mean, it's got to be rules as written. And that's it's the unfortunate truth of the way things are. I mean, we don't necessarily know the spirit of the game, and some people are, you know. And just because you may actually know the spirit of the game, you might look at a rule and go like, I know how they intend it to work. And you may be 100% correct. But different people see different things and think of it in different ways. That's why we're all great. Uh, so don't just expect they're going to read it the same way you read it. They'll read it a different way. They may have a different idea of what the spirit of the game is. And 
that's why we use rules as written. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, the spirit of the game doesn't actually exist. Well, right. It does, but the only people who, the person who knows are the people who made it. Exactly. Correct, but I mean, it goes back to our conversation we had a bit about how War Machine and Hordes has kind of taken um, the game and it's not very casual friendly right now. And, it, <laughs> and, and I want to take this back. It's not that it's not casual friendly. It's not casual because when I, when I say casual friendly, it's you and I, John, can play a game and we can just have oh, fun yeah. and do whatever. That's casual friendly. It's that it's the game's the way it's played is meant to be a competitive style type game. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a big difference between say casual and casual friendly. You can have a casual but, friendly game, but we're talking about different but, ways. We're talking about attitude versus play style. Correct. A casual play style is different than a casual attitude, correct. and that's the wonders of the English language. Yeah, um, need a word for casual because someone brought it up. And if you're going to be playing War Machine and Hordes and you're playing a steamroller, you've got this objective. You're doing this. It's a tournament style game. But if you play in some of the leagues or some of the story games, it's a lot of fun. But I think there's a problem with that, and it's not a problem with the game. It's a problem with the people. Is Some people look at the game and go, oh, either A, I'm going to play tournament style only, or B, I'm going to rig this casual fun event to be the biggest douchey list that can do it so I can win the casual game. Prime example... I, as everybody knows, <clears throat> excuse me, I run the Old Man Tournament, um, and it's at War Machine Weekend, and it's a fun type of tournament where you get to do silly stuff, yell at people to get off your lawn, you know, whatever. It's, it's just good, fat, fun, casual stuff, and I purposely don't release the objectives because I don't want someone to build a list to go against all my things. Now, granted, there are some stuff that you know that's going to happen. Um, but I know that some of the people that are of age would take that list, the objective and go, okay, I need to have this, 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 and this, this, this to win this game. And how I'm going to win it is by doing all of this and bringing the most optimized list. And that's not what the game is supposed to be about. Well, yeah, I told you about the guy who told, took, took my, uh, took the German rules and went, I'm going to paint up enough models so that if someone wins every game they're allowed to play, I have that points equal just in painted models. Correct. And then I'm going to go play games. And I'm like, congratulations, it's week four and no one wants to play anymore because you fucked it all up. And I've had that happen during Journeyman League too. Yep. And all you can do is let that guy win, congratulate him, and then change the rules packet. Yep. And privately take him aside and tell him, you're a douche nussel, don't do this shit again. I think, it's, Always I, think it's, I think it's the spirit. Yes. Um, there's a difference between, like, okay, uh, for that 5x5 five five and event, he said, if you paint, you know, solos, paint five solos, you get that point. And I went, okay, I can paint five cast gimps, which are a little bitty, you know, small guys. I can paint five of those in, like, 20 seconds. And I'm like, that gets that done. But I looked at him and says, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do... I'm going to count so many of those cast gimps as one solo because that's just who I am. I mean, that's just the spirit yeah. of who I am. Cause, I mean, I could cheese it up and get, you know, all that stuff done, but there's, it's the spirit of the game. And I think that's what a lot of people forget. There's a lot of spirit of the game that you 
should be playing the game to have fun because that's the reason why we got into it. And you can still be ultra ultra competitive and still have fun at the game. The goal of you playing the game should be having fun. It should not be to win. Winning is a possible outcome. Definitely, yeah. I was just looking at Xander's comment on Twitch. I miss how War Machine Hordes used to be the try this army instead of here let me play my optimized list. And that was making me think of a friend of mine's idea for a tournament. And he's had this idea for a few years, and it's called the General's Tournament. And essentially, he has enough models where he will make lists for all the different armies in Age of Sigmar. And you are randomly assigned an army in the tournament to play against someone else who's randomly assigned an army. And this shows your generalship and not how you can optimize the lists because the lists are pre-made by the the to and each each game you play you're playing a different army you're not playing the same army for every game of the tournament and i thought that would be a really fun tournament oh yeah we um we tried something like that before where we made everybody else's list like if we would pair people up and like john would make my list i would make your list and you would make john's list and it couldn't be tournament style, couldn't be tournament mode, couldn't be themed lists. But it had to be a functioning list. You couldn't take a caster that was all B-centric and give them all troops. It had to be able to be worked. It had, it had to be sure. functional. And um, when we started doing that, we found out that either A, people were being dicks and making people play stupid shit. Um, or B, no one wanted to play it because they were afraid that that was what was going to happen. See, this is why the General's Tournament, the way Marty's talking about it, is he's making all the lists himself, randomly assigning them to the players. Yeah. Uh, DT, someone thought, who's the boss? Who's the boss is actually a really good format. Uh, Kathy, do you know what that is? Uh-uh. Uh, who's the boss is you, is you build an army, but you don't bring a warcaster. And you get randomly assigned a warcaster within <laughs> the War Machine and Hordes community. And it's a really fun event, and you can do a lot of cool stuff with it. But uh, and it's really popular. The biggest problem with the event is uh, the models because there's so many casters and so many things that there's just way too many casters. Um, and also, you know, it, so if you can get a good who's the boss in, people will play it, and you have the models. It's just getting there. Um, yeah. also Crimson brings up a really good solid point. Uh, and I've, I've only seen this really with, um, War Machine Hordes is two people complain about a fun event. Um, a fun event is a negative thing for a lot of people. Oh, in War Machine Hordes. too bad. I, I agree. I think it's horrible. Um, because I run, like I said, I run that last year I ran, you know, the old man's tournament, which is just a silly, we drink the entire time we play. Uh, people yell out stupid stuff like get off my lawn or I think one year I had it where you had to put it on your death clock and for five minutes of your death clock you had to talk about how um, uh, what's his name oh my god I can't remember the actor's name did face off and all those um, Nicholas Cage yeah Nicholas Cage uh, was the greatest actor and thespian of our time <laughs> citing examples um, you know, and silly stuff like that. I mean, just things that are stupid. Um, like I had, um, this last year I told them they'd go find Will Pagani and tell them his ass looked good in tights. 
and he had to sign off on it. And, you know, it, it's stupid stuff like that. And of course, wait, was he wearing tights? No, it was just you know just doing <laughs> that. But people forget that we can have fun with this game and still be competitive. Um, and I'm I'm surprised because I always uh, heard. War Machine Hordes, and I don't want to start anything, but I always heard War Machine Hordes talking about how they were so much friendlier than the 40k players. But I, I have some friends at Adepticon who run a 40k friendlies tournament, and they vet every single list to make mm -hmm. sure that it's not going to be beat stick, that it's going to be in the spirit of the game. We go back to spirit of the game, essentially you kind of have to lay down the law for the spirit of the game yeah. because you know it, it really doesn't exist everybody has a different definition for the spirit of the game so these guys kind of have to force people you know to uh to be in the spirit of the game and not bring their you know ridiculous over-the-top armies well it, and it, this year's I just wanted to say, this year's theme is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, so that should be hilarious. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, they make a good point. Now, don't get me wrong. War Machine and Hordes is a great competitive game, and it has one of the best communities I've ever been in. Um, but it is super competitive. But the good, super competitive players are also some of the most friendliest and nicest players in the world, too. Tim Banky is... is if, if I tell anybody if they want to emulate how to be a good War Machine and Hordes player, it's Tim Banky. Because Tim, not only is he super nice, he will tell you all the tech. He will tell you how to beat his army. He will tell you how to beat everything. Uh, and he's a really good, solid tournament player. Um, but, I mean, there are some people that are like, oh, I'm not going to tell you what my list is or what my list does. But I'm going to secretly bring it at this tournament and wow and surprise everybody. And so that's kind of been one of the problems with it. But that's I, I think it's more of a people problem. John, I can't hear you. Your mic's muted. Mic's muted. <laughs> uh, part of what they talk about, what they mean when they talk about uh, the community so much better uh, stems from, I'll give you two examples of me at uh, sort of cons as tournaments. Um, at War Machine Weekend, when I went uh, right before tournament, I'm chatting with everyone, and everyone's super cool. You know, guys are like, oh, let me go get you a drink or something like that. They, they're super friendly and, you know, want to talk to everyone new. Correct. I'm right before, the night before a tournament where there's 40K and War Machine being played, uh, I'm introduced because I know Rob Bear from Spiky Bits. We go, we go pretty way back. Uh, I'm back there. He buys me a drink, uh, which is cool. And then I introduce myself to the rest of his buddies hanging out there. They won't even shake my fucking hand. They're like you're you're your war machine guy, whatever, dude, go away. Yeah, like that's sort of the difference, you know. You, you get guys, you know, you get Nathan Hoffman you know, going. Here's a beer. Sit down and play a board game with me. He he barely knew who I was. You got guys who I'm trying to introduce myself as you know standard level of introduction in society, and they're looking at you like you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's generalizing. Not all forty players like that, yeah. but it's it's. I see it more with 40k guys who play seriously than I do with War Machine players who play seriously. Well, I mean, when Adepticon was primarily uh, 40k and fantasy, I mean, it's mostly GW stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Lord of the Rings. And uh, 
and I would hear the fantasy people oh. saying disparaging <laughs> remarks about the 40k people. 40k oh. people are saying disparaging remarks about the fantasy people, and guess what? They were the same remarks. Yep. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, uh, you know, no, it's, it's that way in every single game. Every single game has that element. You're not special. You're oh, not yeah. better than the other people for playing your game. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And as a community of We Got Your Back... As a whole, War Machine and Hordes has been the best community ever. I've never seen a community that will spend money on someone they don't know because someone got their army stolen or mm -hmm. uh, give money to a charity because of something that happened to somebody. They are so into that that uh, as a group. They're, everybody watches everybody's back. Uh, I know one year at War Machine Weekend, like we leave our armies out on the table and go drink for the night. And we expect them to be there in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, you, most of the games, you couldn't do that. Um, I, but I know that whenever there was somebody that tried to walk away with someone's army, they got the beat down. The entire group got them and beat them down and got his stuff back. Um, they look at, we look after each other quite a bit. Now, yes, there is a super competitive and you've got your select players, that have that one track mind of I'm going to win at all costs. That's what I'm going to do. Don't talk to me. You know, and they got that narrow vision and they forget that people do this also as a game and we all want to win. We got to just live with that. We all want to win, but they got that narrow vision. But I also know that those people that are like that are like that with every game, not just War Machine and Hordes. Mm -hmm. um, and I hear that. They're like, oh, that guy used to play Guild Ball. Um, and he was, you know, that narrow vision guy, but that's kind of how it is. Yeah. The more people that are going to be playing a game, the more you're going to see those kind of people in that game. Mm -hmm. You know, when the game starts out small, like, like Malifaux when it first started and there weren't like, you know, so many people playing in all these different tournaments across the country, you could say it was a really friendly community community and it still is for the most part but now that there's so many people participating in tournaments and everything now you're starting to see those assholes coming out yeah and you will let's go um it is actually 8 10 let's switch over to media section i hope everybody watched some good quality movies this week no sorry kathy huh kathy not uh, watch movies? yeah more or less Hey guys, I also I've want to been, thank. Uh, um, been reading. I also want to thank um, Tectonic Dan. Sorry, I have to turn down my heater a little bit. It's getting a little hot in my room. Um, for being our sponsor, he's our sponsor for our media section. Guys, if you really um, like his stuff, uh, go check him out. If you need pre MDF stuff, um, he has some really cool terrain. Uh, go and check him out. Um, tell him you we that I sent or we sent y'all, um, and I'm sure he'll hook you up with some really cool stuff. Tectonic Dan is a wizard with the laser cut MDF terrain. Yes, he is. It's it, it's amazing. He's also You're a wizard, really, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> he's also a really awesome guy. Uh, yeah. He goes to a lot of uh, conventions, um, and he'll sit and chat with you and everything. So check him out. He's really really cool. Um, all right, so I actually watched five movies this week. Wow! Wow! I'll start with the first one, and then someone else can take up after that. 
Sure. All right. Everybody cool with that? So I went and pulled out some, uh, I pulled out a Blu-ray, didn't like what I was seeing, so I put it on because there was something wrong with my TV, going back to what we were talking about in the pre the beginning of the show. Um, I put in uh, Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter, and was watching that with Erica, and it was, it was interesting to see that after I've seen everything and see how young he was. Yeah. It oh, yeah. was really, really weird. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. This is different. This is neat. Um, wow. He's really, really young. But what I really enjoyed more than anything was asking someone that's a super fan about Harry Potter about things that happen in the Harry Potter universe. Because I don't know a lot about the Harry Potter universe. I just know movies and what people tell me. And uh, it was really, really interesting to hear the behind the scenes of why this character has this and why this character has that and things that were going on in the movie of the little Easter egg nuances. Um, doing it. I I'll tell you right now, it still holds up to time. Some of the graphics are a little, you can tell now. Um, like, oh, you can tell that that's because like the, the graphics are just a little outdated. But it was really still a good show. It's still fun to watch. Harry Potter. Uh, even though I've seen it millions of times, it was interesting to watch the original Harry Potter and get a good feel and watch it with somebody that is like a super fan, which was kind of funny. Because, I mean, I did all the Harry Potter tests to find out what house I was. And it, I just did it for fun because I'm not a huge Hufflepuff. one. You know, you're, are you a Hufflepuff? Yeah, no, you're a Hufflepuff. Actually, no, I'm a, I'm a Gryffindor. I'm a Gryffindor, too. Which was just funny because one of my kids at school is very, very into Harry Potter. And uh, she wears Harry Potter stuff all the time and reads Harry Potter. And she was like, she's a, she's a Hufflepuff. And she was like, what are you? And I says, well, I did the test. And I don't know how they figured it out. I was just did it for fun. And I'm a Gryffindorf. And she goes, oh, you're a Gryffindork. I'm like, oh, we're going to go there then, Hufflepuff. And she's like, yeah, we are. I says, all right. You don't get to play magic at the end of the day today. She's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just kidding. So... So, uh, Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone, I would probably give it maybe one shot of Kraken. But, I mean, that's just because it's dated. But it's still good as a dated movie. Fair so. enough. Kathy, did you watch anything? Uh, not really. I just watched reruns of Death in Paradise, the British uh, mystery show that takes place in the Caribbean. Never even heard of I it. I don't feel I've like I've never heard of it either. Haven't you? Well, not many people do. I watch way too much uh, British TV, but it's on Netflix. It's called Death in Paradise. It's about a detective from England who gets reassigned to a small island in the Caribbean. And, you know, it's kind of like Northern Exposure, where the doctor is a city boy and he goes up and has to. Uh, have his practice in the wilds of Alaska. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of in that same vein, but you know, it's funny, it's quirky, and uh, Jim and I will watch it almost every evening until we get through the whole thing. Hmm. I never even heard of it. I'll just put that on my my queue. You said so, Death uh, in Paradise. Yeah, it's it's just another one of those British mysteries. I will put it on my queue. All right. John, what's your first one? 
Uh, I I only been, I can only talk about one because the other one I watched uh, is going to be on the next minis and movies. Okay. Which is Sicario, if anyone's wondering. Um, uh oh. I love that movie. Oh. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, for what my opinion is, but uh, I actually watched Bright. Um, uh, funny story. I uh, we had really bad ice here Tuesday. Uh, I go out uh, of the apartment or the house on on Wednesday, and I slip and fall down twice. Uh, or go out on Tuesday and slip and fall down twice. Uh, I was good that day. The next day, I could not move out of bed, so I slept in bed and did stuff. <laughs> so I watched Bright since you guys had recommended it. Um, mm-hmm. um, myself and Terry Masson from uh, ooh, Feet Turn, I think it was the old podcast in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were chatting about it on there. I tried to give any spoilers. Um, I thought it was decent. I thought there were a lot of problems, and I think it feels like they were making a TV series out of it first. They're making a series because the way everything's set up, it's set up okay for a series, but for a movie, it's paced like shit. I totally agree. That was exactly how I felt about it. And and, and Will Smith's character is not likable enough through the first part of it. And like I said, a TV series would be okay. There's more more room for growth. But in the limited time, they could have given you a little brief intro, then go straight into the call where the wand's there, and that would have been good. Um, that was my main big problem with it, was that, you know, Will Smith's not really fucking likable at all through the <laughs> beginning of that at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But on that, it was pretty good. Uh, I like the idea of it. I th- also think it'd been much better if they just stopped all fucking pretense and made it a Shadowrun movie. I, I think. <laughs> like, I think the funny because whoever has Shadowrun is staring at them intently and talking to their lawyer like, "How good of a case do we have?" Yeah, because that shit's pretty spot on. I think the uh, reason you know, why there's it, plenty of other urban fantasy out there, though Shadowrun is not ha- corner the market on urban fantasy. Eh, but no. this is like this is like the feel of it. This is like, oh, you really getting close there, dudes. But remember, yeah. there is no cyberpunk in this. That's there was what no cyberpunk in that. That's what that's what really put it apart. And you really can't say it was Shadowrun because there was no cyberpunk in it. But it did have yes. a lot of the feels uh, yet. <laughs> I, I agree with you too that I felt that it would make a better TV series, Netflix series, than a mm-hmm. movie. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more that you can do with it uh, as a series. And I'd really love to see it as a series. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, but overall, I thought it was pretty decent. Uh, I give it, I give it two shots of Kraken. Um, the pro- the only pro- the, the big mistakes in it are big enough to drag it down. But still totally watchable. I'll still watch the second one when it comes out. Oh, yeah. 100%. Definitely. Yeah. I'll watch the second one. Um, I, I, and I agree with you, too. I think it just needed to be a, um, a, a TV series. Yeah, I think a TV series would have been fine. Even the way they'd set it up, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Even, even just six to eight episodes would have been plenty. I would have liked to have seen more of why the world is the way the world is. Yeah. I, you uh, more know, background. That's- I don't That's think you need more background. That... It, they did. They did just enough that I don't need the background because your your mind, my mind's going off with it. My my imagination's going like, okay, cool. So this, this, and this. I mean, maybe a couple peaks here or there, but it doesn't. I think they said enough. They, they, I, they yeah, they mentioned 
they mentioned a few things like the, you know, the orc mentions, you know, years ago in the, in like Eastern Europe or something. Yeah. There was something going on and then they're talking about how they've been on the wrong side for 2,000 years. And so you know that the world's been like it is for a long time. In that way, it's not like Shadowrun, where all of a sudden you have this awakening, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden everybody's, you know, changing. And let's say the elephant in the room of this movie is that it is a really thinly veiled, thinly veiled social commentary, which is its actual biggest problem. Yeah. It's 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 an analogy for how life is now for for certain people, and. Uh, Eh? <laughs> I don't think it's it doesn't do it justice. It, I think by by failing it as thinly as they did and not just sort of sliding the orcs in to be their own, you know, persecuted people. Because I mean, Will Smith wasn't at all the uh, the the Hispanic guy mentioned it, but really he's the only the orc guy is the only guy who got any shit at all. So I think that really did it a disservice rather than adding anything good to it. I, I, I think if they would have done it as a TV show, an hour-long TV show, yep. you would have you would have got more into it. You would have loved it. 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 Ben watched it to the yep. end, and it would have been even crazier. Yeah, um, I think it would have been great. Yeah, I I'd, I'd still be happy if they if they do develop a spinoff TV show in the same world, and it doesn't have to have the same main characters even. Yeah, I, I can. I definitely hope that they do that. I'm looking forward to two, um, so that'll be interesting to see where they take it. Uh, because I know a lot of people like the critics hated it. They yeah. hated it like crazy, and yeah. I'm kind of curious what they're going to do if they would take and change the um, world and story up to change what's going on in the thing. To be honest, though, I think that's more David Ayer than anything else. Uh, no offense to him. Having seen three movies now with David Ayer, uh, being Fury, Suicide Squad, and this, this and Suicide Squad are much closer in quality to each other, so I have to think that Fury is an outlier, hmm. a movie that was brought up because of its cast and all. And I think it does just be that critics don't like the way he makes movies. Because mm-hmm. be Suicide true. Squad got ripped to shreds way more than it deserved, too. I think they just don't like the way he makes movies. Could be. Yeah. I have no clue. I don't know. Well, I don't. I don't keep track of all that stuff. <laughs> well, Gonzo. Uh, aside from one note, I want to talk about at some point about movies. Uh, you got like nine minutes and four movies. Well, I'm going to make luck. that really easy for you. <laughs> I watched four more Harry Potter movies after that. <laughs> Fair enough. They all rate pretty much the same. Um, they well, very well. I had to. Um, uh, I, I painted up a miniature, which, Kathy, I have not finished yet. Let me hear her This is the miniature that Kathy and I worked on for the podcast. And so I had to paint it up real quick because I already have a um, heretic painted up for my personal use because I bought the one that came comes in the blister. Woo! Chair just almost broke. Um, and I... I, I Played with the one that came. I, I played with the one that, that sold separately, not the one that comes in the the all in one. And so I was painting that up real quick, 
And while I was painting it, I was like, oh, let's just put on something and just go with it. And so I didn't paint it really quick. I definitely took way too much time on it because Harry Potter 1 came on. And then we skipped 2. Uh, we only watched part of 2. Uh, well, it's because Erica was like, I didn't like 2 as much. So should we skip to the 3? Uh, and see, I'm a big, like my favorite character of the Harry Potter, I like Luna. Because she's the weirdo. Uh, yeah. Luna's yeah. my favorite Potter character. As soon as she came on screen and she did all this weird stuff, and I was like, that's my character. That's me. Um, type thing. And so I just kept on watching it and watching it and watching it and seeing the progression go through it. Because if people know me, I don't sleep on the weekends. Hardly ever. Um, I'm up till like 4 o'clock in the morning and then finally go to bed for a few hours and get up and do stuff. So it was just constantly going through it. Um, and so I watched, you know, four or five Harry Potter movies right in a row. Because um, it was also funny whenever they went through, and it was the Goblet of Fire, and of course, uh, what's his face from Twilight was in it. And I was like, what? That's, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was, it, it just clicked at, at so-and-so from Twilight. And I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go past this part because I don't want to see him. And so I fast-forwarded through that because I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, and, of course, I wanted to see, you know, the thing about Luna and get to the other meat of it. So, I mean, as a whole, the entire series that I saw and was going through was still really solid. Uh, I really, really enjoyed um, the thing. It still holds up great. Um, so there was, like, we don't have to go into great detail. If you're a Harry Potter fan, the movies are always going to be awesome. Um, and then, of course, the, you know, the series, one or two shots of Kraken, if anything. Um, but if you're a super fan, you're not going to care at all. Um, which, actually, watching that makes me want to see, you know, Fantastic Beast 2 coming out. I'm cautiously optimistic about that, too, because I liked one. And so I'm ready to see the, uh, the second one. Um, other than that. So, that was my five movies that I watched uh, spoil everything. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what we're. Well, uh, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, if anyone looked at my personal Facebook or on Twitter, you saw the uh, links my friends will go to to get me to watch a movie. Oh, I didn't see it. What did they do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, my buddy Rob uh, wanted me to go see the last night with him a lot and a lot, and I said no every time. Mm -hmm. I jokingly said, "If you buy it for me, I'll watch it." So he bought me the entire Transformers collection on Blu-ray to watch. Okay. Uh, he also uh, got googly eyes and put them on Optimus oh, Prime's eyes last I, night. I saw Which that. Which is awesome. <laughs> they, I saw they've that. since come off and been glued again and come off again. but <laughs> Because it's on the outside packaging. I might actually put them on the actual DVD case when I'm done. I did see that. Um, so I see to decide if I want to do that uh, for the main podcast or save it for movies and movies. I'm thinking I'll do it for the main podcast and or... I'm sure at some point one of those is going to require me to do a have a movie emergency. But uh, I, I think I'm going to talk about that for, uh, you know, I don't know if it'll be next week, but coming up here soon. So, well, I guess that's pretty much it, guys. Anybody else have anything they want to say? Any movies? Uh, 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 movies for next week. Uh, I have uh, a friend coming over. Uh uh, Trollton Heston used to be a uh, patron, doesn't really have time anymore with a kid on the way, but we have a movie night with him and his wife and my friends, and we make sure he sees all the movies he missed. Uh, this time it will be two wonderful martial arts classics of the 80s, 
being uh, he's never seen a Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Oh my god! <laughs> so we're going to show him Bloodsport. Well, yeah, not bad. And then uh, and then we're going to follow it up with another '80s classic, which is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Yes. Oh hell yes! Who's oh, I'll be master? talking about those next week. Show enough. Show enough. Who's the baddest mofo team? <laughs> that movie, that's the one I, I've, I've told Erica that she had to watch that one because she was like, I was too young for that movie. No kidding. You're like 20-something. That's a, a must-see movie. For yeah, anybody. so that's next Sunday. Expect to hear about those next Sunday. Yeah. Um, I actually need to start watching. Uh, a friend of mine from work was saying that he watches a TV show called Alone, which is like a survival. They prep these people for survival. And it's like 10 or 12 people. And then they send them out into the wild. And they have to film themselves alone. And whoever's the last person wins like $500,000 or something like that. Um, or 100000 I don't remember what. He, and he was telling me that it was um, really interesting because they prep the people. Uh, and they don't tell who's out there. So you don't know if you're the last one out there or how many people quit before you. And they had this big old Marine or Army guy that was like, I'm a baddest motherfucker here. I can stay on this island forever and I could be here and I can survive. And he showed me a clip. They dropped him on the beach and like some wolf howled. He was like, nah, fuck this. I'm out of here. And I'm like, what's? <laughs> so that's when I'm going to start trying to see if I can watch that. Uh, I got to figure out that where it's at for free because uh, I don't have the history channel. Um because that's, that's history. Yep, that's what I don't understand. Um, <laughs> but that was uh, something I'm going to watch. Um, I think that's all of my movie stuff, besides stuff that comes out recently. I know um, some new movies or shows are coming out, so I'll have to wait on that. I don't know what movies are releasing. It's it, we're we're in the dark times of movies. We're in the yes. God, I hope something amazing that's unexpected comes out uh, in the next week or two. Yes. Um. Yeah. So other than that, um, guys, I think that's it. Um, make sure you check out our Patreon account. Make sure you like us on Facebook, like us on YouTube, come and visit us on our Facebook page. Um, also, um, keep up with your hobby streak, guys. That's real important to get some hobby time in, some fun time. And hobbying does not have to be painting and building miniatures. It can be playing. It could be rearranging your hobby room. Um, because sometimes you have to fix your stuff up. Um, so that can count also. Also go to, um, the hashtag hobby streak Facebook group. Uh, where you can post it if you don't want to clutter up someone else's, um, page. Uh, with all your stuff, because I mean, do it once a day. It's a lot. If a lot of people are doing it, it's a lot of posts being spammed in one group. Uh, so you know that uh, the people in the hashtag Hobby Street Facebook group are interested in seeing your pictures. Yes. Of of what you're doing, the projects that you're working on. Yeah, we're all interested. Everybody's in there's like, oh, that's a cool way. It's a cool thing to do, um, especially when you're doing different styles. So look into that. Uh, join that Facebook group. Um, I think we're good. Of course we're good. We're awesome. We're great. Uh, make sure to keep an eye out. Kathy and I will be doing another painting thing, but we're not going to schedule it. We're just going to like, hey, you want to go do this? Yeah. Right. And it may or may not be about uh, painting flesh tones. Yeah, it may or not be. All right, guys. For More Than Dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm, I'm Kathy. Gone. 
Ah, same time. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Good night, guys. Good night. Now Good night. I have to pee this time because I drink a shit ton of water. Suck it up, Buttercup. I know. I gotta wait till this is over with. I'm already wearing my pajamas. I noticed that. Sitting here in my bathrobe all night. <laughs> yeah, your Star Trek robe. Yeah. I didn't even get dressed today, Jesus. You slackers. I, I didn't leave my it. apartment today, or house today, I didn't need to. Good. I wore the robe with the theory that it would be warmer if I could wear a blanket around me. Because <laughs> damn, it's cold outside, 